Can we talk about something that has nothing to do with music for a minute? I guess. Is it, uh, like, do I have a nose hair hanging out? <laughs> What's going on? I wouldn't even be able to see it because uh, my glasses are on and off and on and off. Okay. We'll can we on. talk for a second? And I don't know if it'll, I think it should stay in the podcast. But can we talk about Hereditary for a minute? So we saw Hereditary um, easily about a week ago now. We saw it uh, when it first came out. We saw it. Yeah. Um, I guess it was that Thursday night or Friday, Friday night. Friday night, yeah. Friday. Um, really didn't know what to expect. I am amazed and super impressed at the advertising they did for this movie because so many times especially with horror movies, they just give you they all of it. it. Yeah. yeah. They give you all of it in bits and pieces. Yeah, and so and when you go, so you this, know what to expect. Yeah. No fucking idea what to expect with this movie. Went into it, obviously expecting one thing. That was not the case. I don't want to give anything away necessarily. I don't want to give away any of the grand stuff. The disappointment, and I think this is a disappointment a lot of people have, is that first three quarters of the movie... Is one movie. Well, not even just is one movie, but first three quarters of the movie has a different pacing. Really is giving you information, not even slowly, um, but certainly in a in a metered way. And then that last quarter, not even quarter, the last maybe ten minutes, just... I don't know. I think I think my, my quote at the time was that it was a fantastic movie, or it was a great movie until it wasn't. And so we've done, at least, you know, I don't know how much you've been reading on it, but I keep pulling up articles on it and trying to read more about it and trying to get more information, trying to get an understanding of what they were going for. And I and I get it. I know what they were going for. It is very much kind of a Rosemary's Baby kind of thing where there is there is possession and, and that, that, okay, fine. But the, the payoff was so weird. The payoff was very weird, and they gave you so much. The movie was so well done. There were so many little bits and pieces and nuggets and so many things that I... Until the finale, which they created a very well-constructed finale, but didn't seem... It was such a curveball, and like tonally as well as just structurally... Well, I feel like we got answers in exposition where we didn't... We should not have really had... Yeah. That kind of an expositive closure. I think that at the end of it, you know, Tony Collette doesn't really have much to say after a certain point, and I understand why they did that, I guess. But you have an actress that is so incredibly talented and who has just eaten this movie alive and and given it back to you, and then you don't hear anything from her. You you know, she's she's hiding in a corner, she's climbing across walls, which is a quality that came from nowhere. That was something we hadn't seen before, yeah. and I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know it how didn't to absorb make, that. It didn't make sense in in the scheme of the m- the supernatural elements of the movie. It's like it was just sudden and unexplained. Yeah, and and again, Which, I if, do still want to su- see it again. The sudden and unexplained stuff in a horror movie should happen early on to, to set the tone of like this is a movie about sudden unexplained stuff. But it shouldn't come at the end like oh yeah we forgot we did we didn't scare you enough. Uh, here's some more scary shit. Here you go. You know, which is the how it I felt. I just know. didn't understand why it was happening. You yeah. know, why is she in the corner of the ceiling? What, why? Yeah. What is it, that about? It was like a choice. Like the director was like, "I've always, wa- I've always seen this image. I've always wanted to put this in a movie, and I'm shoehorning it in right here. It doesn't go there, dude. It wasn't. It like it could, it could have gone there. It could have gone there if some properly. of the characters who had yeah. died previously shared that quality." You know what I'm saying? If we had seen any of the characters that died earlier in the film, 
do those same things, but they didn't do those same things. So then to see Tony Collette doing them made no sense to me. I didn't understand. I was expecting it to lead to something or mean something, and it didn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things. It was just something else that could be done that came... I don't know. It just it just felt like it came out of nowhere. I needed to understand why she was hiding in the upper corner of the ceiling. Yeah. There was no reason for it. It was just something she did. And they they painted uh, I mean they they sold the story as if it was going to be centered more around the little girl right. who it it, it was wasn't, not. It was it not. It was not. I don't want to spoil anything. But and I don't even know if it was necessarily a waste of talent on her part because I couldn't get a handle on whether she was talented or not. She was just she was very odd. She was uh, perfect for the part. I thought the kids did really well, though. I thought both of the yeah, child actors really they just give her enough to do. And there's so much more opportunity for her character to have been around in places where she was no longer around. Right. And 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 they give some of that work to Tony Collette which who who can handle it because she is, like you were saying is just a scenery chewing workhorse of an actress i mean i mean and not in a bad way just right. in the way of like you can you could build anything around her and it would be fine right but they gave they shifted some of that to her and i i there I were, don't even know if, if I, I don't know of, that it was a conscious decision for them to shift. They just well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. It, this so, almost feels like they started filming without a script or something, and then locked themselves into writing decisions that you didn't necessarily have to do, or like they were trying to ground you in a certain level of realism, or, where like it's going to go off the rails in you know, on realism anyway. So why limit yourself in this way? See, I. I didn't. I don't necessarily agree with the realism because I think that it was really well. It okay. was grounded I, and and weighted to, in grief. To well, to to understand what I'm talking about, I have to mention a spoiler. Should should I refrain? You can you can mention a spoiler, but just let everybody okay. know. Spoiler alert! Spoiler! 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 Okay, for please movie, don't come and get us for if the you movie, don't want to hear this. Hereditary. Which Turn you it should off. Go see or fast forward. Spoiler: The girl mm-hmm. dies early in the film. She does. She should have been, and this is, I'm saying, a weakness in the writing. She should have been more of a supernatural presence after her death. And and what I'm talking about realism is they grieved her and she remained dead and not present throughout the rest of the movie. Which I, I don't feel like they grieved her in a singular moment. Well, no, I no, think no. the entire, well, they no. grieved right. her through the she end. She should have been haunting them or manifesting in some way or have been somehow more involved in the story of the other supernatural shit that was happening. And she, like, it was like, he had like a bad dream that she was in and that was almost it, you know? Right. Well, and one of the things, one of the theories that I read, and again, spoiler, 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 if you haven't already checked out um, one of the things that they talked about was that she was, she was possessed at that time. She, like about the time that she died, she was possessed by payment. And I don't, I didn't get that. That was a theory that somebody had. And I don't, well, I didn't see that there, she, there is I didn't evidence, see that. There is evidence for that. And that's just that weird trick of the light where they saw like a, a light thing. Like he saw it too, but that didn't necessarily mark his <sighs> possession. It, it's like right. it marks an awareness or a transitioning from reality to something slightly not reality. Um, because otherwise, why would she have yeah. gone to the party? Why would she have eaten the, the 
cake with the nuts in it. Like, yeah. that didn't make sense to me. If you were possessed by a demon, why would the demon well, maybe, allow you to do something maybe, that would put you in that situation? Well, maybe if, because the demon, like they, they were Or saying, did you need to die, and so that yeah. was how it happened. Well, okay. because there was right. the preference. They said you need, it, the demon seeks a male body, and she was the one delivered. The demon's like, well, I'll fucking kill this one and get the brother, you know. But then at the end, they... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But then at the end, they put her in his body. Remember? Yeah. Instead of putting payment and was she now, she was herself and payment at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Or is payment a, a cumulative uh, being? Like like in, no. like in Dune with the, I forgot the name of the. Not the Kwisatz Hederach, but the there is one figure who is a who is a cumulative personality of all the ones who've held that office or p- role before, like one of the Queen Mother bullshits. I don't know. One of the yeah, one of the sisters or yeah, of the whatever. And like I can touch the mind of all the ones who've gone before. Like is that's the only thing, only frame of reference I have for that type of weird supernatural. No, character. because it's I mean, payment comes. You can actually do research on on payment. And that's not how that okay. cre- creature develops. So part of the theory is, okay, this all of these things had to happen. Like the, the note from the mother said, you know, I know this is difficult, but all of these things that are happening and all of these sacrifices are going to lead to something wonderful. So the one of the theories is that everything from the beginning was pretty much already preordained. All of these things were going to happen in order to lead to this final ending result and okay you know i think that you know on second viewing maybe that will help to you know me to understand a little bit more but then our friend Faye went and saw it a second time and you know she pretty much just said well now i have more questions okay and i love a movie that does that i love a movie where you really walk out thinking because we really did walk out i mean first of all we walked out being like you know we walked out feeling like we got gypped in the end of it, there were parts of that movie where I was like just a hot mess, you know, really didn't know how to respond, didn't know how to react, just, just, you know, breathing, you know, <laughs> barely breathing, um, you know, and then at one point somebody made that noise that she makes that click into the tongue and I shrieked like a lunatic, um, which of course made all of our friends laugh, but to go from that, to go from that level of engagement with the characters, involvement with the characters, you watch a movie and the movie's there to pull you in. You're supposed to be able to follow with those people. You know, there are, there are members of the movie that are surrogates for the audience and that's the person that you follow with. And I, I think Tony Collette is a very large surrogate for the audience in this movie. Um, and then at a certain point you lose that. And I think that was, you felt that disconnect. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what was going on at that point because all of a sudden I lost my connection to all of the reality, all of the grieving and all of the things that we had been so immersed in. I just didn't know. I didn't know where to go. It was kind of like emotionally falling off a cliff into nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm mystified. By... I definitely want to see it again. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy it. I definitely think that anybody who hasn't seen it, I'm sorry if you're, if we spoiled anything for you, I definitely think people should see it. It is a good movie. I definitely think that, uh, you know, everybody talks about The Exorcist as being a perfect movie. It is not a perfect movie. I love The Exorcist. Please don't, please don't attack me. Um, I do love it. And I think there are things that are, that could have been better about that too. I believe the same thing about Rosemary's Baby. 
So I definitely think that this goes in the same category as those kind of movies because I think that's what it was going for. But I also think that there are just, there are beats that were missed. It's almost like there were pages of the script that were taken out. And I think that there are things that didn't need to be there and things that should have been focused on more. The 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 building of the models that she does in this movie. Yeah, they did so much work. I love the imagery um, the imagery really does play along with the fact that somebody else is controlling their lives and moving them around in space just like you would in a model. I wish it hadn't been so subtle. I wish there had been other aspects of that. I wish things in the model had changed and been moved without them being involved in it or without her making it. Or I had mentioned, I don't know if it was to you or to uh, Sabina, about it would be great if you saw, you know, like she sleepwalks. So maybe she sleepwalks and she goes and is sleepwalking and does model work while she's asleep. Yeah. And then wakes up and sees what well, she built. And they had something that was somewhat like that. Um, God, there's like no low end. It's all. She was aware the entire time of what yeah, she was doing. She started and... doing the one with the car. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And her husband confronted her about it. I think it would, it would have been more interesting, like you're saying, if she was you know roused from having built that right and, and was also horrified in the same way that she was. she wasn't in any way horrified yeah. even when he said like yeah, why she, are you doing this she was like she was like, like well i have to do it it wasn't a there wasn't a sense of desperation there that i think i would have liked to have seen which is like i i have to do this to to process because then i think it would have made a little bit more sense to me i was i was let down by the, that choice yeah see there's the black panther the movie was awesome. Yeah, I did enjoy that. The movie itself, I thought, was just... I mean, the yeah. movie made me cry. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of a softie anyway when it comes to that stuff, but... Yeah. Having a movie with so much strength to it... That was unlike any other superhero or, you know, comic book movie that we've seen was so incredibly powerful... And, uh, you know, I know that I have friends that have seen it. And I wonder if how much of that aspect of it may have been lost on people, you know, just going to see the movie for a comic book movie and really kind of missing the overarching importance that this movie has. Well, just like as a cultural milestone as a cultural milestone as social commentary as example for what could be what can be i think the only misstep they made was killing off killmonger as a villain i think as a character well he was one of the stronger villains or characters that we've ever seen from the uh, marvel universe uh or the, the mcu on film um i think the only misstep was getting rid of him because he could have been redeemed. He could have been brought into the fold. He could have become, he could have taken up the mantle of Black Panthers or, you know, with some sort of change of, like he, he was the, the toxic person. He was the villain because of his, his desire for revenge and his ego. Um, and if they had highlighted that, that was if, that if he sheds that, then his strength is even stronger they could have done that and he could have been there in Black Panther 2 or he could have, you know, he could have moved from villain to hero. There was that potential and it was wasted, I thought. 
Right. It depends on what the director was trying to say. There are so many avenues that you can take with a movie like this. And for the sake of it being a movie, you have to make those hard decisions. It's not, yeah. it's, it's very easy to armchair quarterback it, but at the same time, you need to decide what you want to say. Well, and I think and, that, and I to think be, there to be was fair, a lot of corporate or overlord stuff that course. even wasn't necessarily heavy handed here. But being Disney owned and everything, they're going to be like, well, we can't have anything really rattling the cages. Should Killmonger have died? I don't know. It's very Shakespearean, certainly. Yeah, I, and I think the the argument was that like how many of the other villains have come back time after time, like Loki. They they that was the main contrast they made. Like Loki was much more damaging, or was equally damaging, and yet he gets reincarnated every time, you know. Or he's just he's never. And I I think it's part part of his character is he is the trickster god. He is the he is the one who does come back and is always hidden and comes back when you least expect it. And so that nature is that nature isn't there for Killmonger, right? So it's kind of an unfair comparison, but at the same time, I understand their argument in that. It, why why does this guy disposable when this other guy is not? I guess. What if he's not disposable? What if he died and they find a way to bring him back? Like you, you know, there's so much technology in the movie. Everybody comes back. God, even if it's a even if it's a uh, a soap opera, you know, everybody comes back. But I, but I do see what you're saying. I mean, I, I didn't actually read any of the negative things, so I think it's interesting that that was something that was brought up because there, I can certainly see that aspect of it where people are very frustrated because I think that a lot of his complaint was justified. But it's all about how you handle those things. It, it all becomes a judgment on, you know, how do you act? How should you act? What is the best way to handle this? Is it more important to be... To fight back with everything you have. Do you have to fight back with everything you have? Is there a different way to do it? And and I feel ill-equipped to judge that. Right. Well, and you just saw, um, to go back to, to Donald Glover, you just saw Solo and you said that he was also amazing in that. He was the, probably the strongest part of the film. Wow. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, so I did not see it. Um, I was actually studying for an exam. So I gave you special dispensation to go without me. Which I'm happy for, because, you know, it's good for you to go out and do things on your own. I wish they could hear me smiling. I don't know. <laughs> so, because um, kind of, I was kind of on the fence about it. I definitely wanted to see Donald Glover, but I wasn't uh, completely sold on the movie itself. But you actually said you liked it better than Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, Rogue and One. And I love Rogue One, because it's got my man in it. It's Matt Nicholson, y'all. Oh, I forgot. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. I'm a huge fan. So... Uh, so to to hear you say that it, that you really liked it more than Rogue One, yeah. I was really surprised. I, well, I went in with low expectations, and it did more than exceed them. Yeah, it's still not like a great Star Wars film because it's a, a, you know smaller stakes, but right. like still really well put together. The writing was pretty solid, I thought. 